0: I don't know how 2020 went for you, but for me, it was one hell of a roller coaster. My whole world was shaken up. It left me feeling completely lost without a clue of who I was or what I even wanted from life. One day, my friend called me after I had spent about a week at her house and told me she didn't think my lost sense of self had anything to do with my circumstances. She said, the problem is you. If you can't figure out what makes you happy, then it's never going to matter how good your life is. You will always be miserable. And she was so right. That conversation sent me on a journey to find out what made me, well, me. I took a look at the pieces of my life and I had a choice to make. I could either try to rebuild from what was there or walk away from all of it and choose a different path. I chose to walk away. That choice gave me the freedom to build a life I love, a life that felt true to me. I've learned so much along the way and I feel called to share what I've learned. The best way I know how to do that is to use this loud-ass mouth God gave me and tell my story. But why stop with just mine? I want to hear from other amazing humans, too, who are living in their truth every day. When we share our stories with others, we give the gift of expansion and freedom to all who hear it. I pray my story and those of my guests offer hope in this world. I pray they allow you to feel seen and loved and to help you feel more connected to yourself and to the divine And challenge you to open your mind in order to see life from a new perspective. Our stories matter, and I'm here to make sure the world has a chance to hear them. This is Tell Me Your Truth. Hello, everyone. This is the very first full length episode of Tell Me Your Truth. While I am through the fucking roof excited about this first episode airing, I have to be 100% honest, this episode has given me fits. I am going to give you guys a peek behind the curtain right now. I am currently sitting in my vehicle in my garage. Don't worry, it's not running. (laughs) I figured out that this actually has really good, like it's a really good place to record because the sound is really great in here. So my big, big mama car is what I call her is going to be my new recording studio. I think (laughs) it is January 3rd. This episode is supposed to air tomorrow and I had no intention of recording it this late. When I tell you that I have tried and tried to get this episode recorded to no avail, I am not kidding. I was straight up in tears trying to get this damn thing recorded. And after a conversation with my husband and then a video that a friend sent me, I figured out... Why this was so damn hard to do. First of all, I was trying to cram my entire life story into like one podcast. Which first of all, no, like that's never going to happen. I was trying to condense it and package it into this neat little story, which it's not. And very quickly, I got frustrated by it because I was never supposed to do it this way. And then when I watched this video that my friend sent me, which I'll actually link in the show notes over on my website, I heard it was between um Rachel Hollis and tom i think you say his name bill you i'm not sure i probably butchered the hell out of it but again i'll link it in the show notes and rachel hollis was talking about this new book that's not out yet that she's you know just finished writing and she said she tried to figure out who said this so that she could attribute it in the book but couldn't find it herself but she said the quote was teach from your scars not from your wounds And that hit me like a ton of damn bricks because as I was trying to outline this damn thing and go through my story from like childhood to now, I came across a lot of things that were still wounds and not scars. And a lot of things I thought were scars (laughs) and they're not. They are still wounds. And if you caught my live video from, I think it was yesterday, the second, I had talked about not wanting to be just another voice in the crowd. I wanted to have something valuable to say when I'm speaking to my audience. And at the end of the day, everyone choosing to listen to this podcast is giving me their time and time is an invaluable resource and I don't want to be a waste of anyone's time. If I'm speaking, I want to have something to say. And I want it to be of value to the people who are listening to it. And what I was trying to record for you was not a value. It was a bunch of facts spewed out in chronological order with... Not a lot of value. And there was no value because so much of what I was trying to discuss, I haven't even had a chance to unpack yet. So (laughs) I decided that I'm going to start with what I have unpacked and where I'm at. But before I do that, I just have to say... My story is intertwined with a lot of other people's stories. And while there may be things that I discuss on this podcast that are difficult for some people to hear, you will never catch me on here bashing anyone. I know for a fact that even the experiences I had that didn't serve me well or were terrible or traumatic... They still taught me something, and while I sure wish I wouldn't have gone through them, they are part of what made me who I am today. And the people who participated in that were part of teaching me some of the most important lessons I would ever learn in my life, good, bad, or otherwise. And the reason for this podcast is not to drag someone's name through the mud, not to create monsters, not to paint anyone that ends up in my stories as a in an ill will or in a bad light at the end of the day I have enough self-awareness to know that everyone is doing the best they freaking can with the tools they have whether it was enough for me in the time that we had our interactions or not is irrelevant they were still only operating with the tools they had at the time. So, <laughs> with that being said, I would like to start by sort of explaining this last year to you guys. And how I ended up on your year- in in your earphones. <laughs> like how, how I'm how my voice is now getting to you. Why am I even doing this? So. Um, I'm gonna preface a little bit with a backstory, just a, a little bit. I have always been a scared person. And I can remember even As a kid, being scared of everything, scared of the dark, scared of my own shadow, scared to, you know, do, scared to jump off the pool, jump off the deck into the pool, just scared of everything, scared of heights, right? I was just kind of a scared kid and I was an emotional kid. Everything made me cry, good, bad, or otherwise, I was a crier, okay? Okay. And I was raised by a single mom who had to be strong. Like she was raising two girls by herself. Yes, she had support, but it was still her at the end of the day. And she had to be strong. And because she was raising girls, she showed us, you know, this is how you behave in the world. Never let them see you cry. You don't need a man you know all the strong woman thinks right and she was doing that to protect us to show us that you know we don't need we we should never be reliant on others for our support right she was it was out of love she was trying to protect us right but in turn you know as a very emotional kid hearing that stuff it made me feel like being emotional and crying and and having those feelings just wasn't allowed. Now I'm not blaming her for that. It's just what happened. And it's just how I experienced it. So even though I was a very on the inside a very scared and emotional kid, I never wanted to disappoint my mom. I never wanted to disappoint anybody, but especially my mom. But I also had this mom who was like this strong woman. I'm like, well, that's how you get through life, right? You you put that, you, you just be that strong powerhouse of a person. And so on the outside, I portrayed this very, you know, loud and opinionated and in your face kind of person. And I did have that hard exterior to me but on the inside I was still just a scared little kid right like I was still scared of everything that that hard exterior was a defense mechanism it was my safety it was my felt sense of safety right it was how I created safety for myself and as the years went on I just kind of kept that up and you know I there's a lot to unpack <laughs> in between uh, developing that hard exterior and 2020. That are still a lot of wounds in there and I'm not ready to talk about it. So we're just going fast all the way forward. Now you kind of know. Very soft machine side with this very hard shell. There was a lot of trauma that happened between developing that sense of be a strong person to 2020. And we find out in 2019 that my husband's getting deployed. He deploys in January of 2020. And for the first time ever in my life, <laughs> I truly had time to sit with my own shit, right? I really am kind of in this on my own. I, I don't have family super close. Everyone's kind of a few hours here and there. And sure, I have a support system. I wasn't 100% by myself, but also, duh, 2020, like he leaves in January. And then I think like March, wasn't it, that Rona kicked off. And so now I'm... A mom of two kids at this point. My husband's deployed thousands of miles away. Rona hits, very little support system, and plus nobody's going anywhere anyway, because we're all terrified we're gonna get the rona and die. This is before anybody really knew what it was, except for that it was really bad. And now I'm really in this energy of gotta hold it together, gotta hold it together, gotta hold it together, right? But at the same time, there's all this time on my hands for me to be able to sit in my own shit. Now, as a person who has that, that strong exterior, right, that created a never deal with your problems kind of thing in me, right? So, like, I, I call it, I call myself a runner. I run from my problems, And it's very apparent when I look back through my past how that plays out for me. And we will discuss it at some point. But that is another episode for another day. Every awful, terrible thing that has ever happened in my life, every experience I've had that was hard or traumatic, I have not dealt with it. Because of the never let them see you cry shit, right? You gotta hold it together. The emotion for me equaled weakness, And I couldn't break down because that would mean that I wasn't in control of my own safety. Because my shell was my safety. My emotionlessness was my safety. And that was all fine and good until I had a little nervous breakdown. And this is about... Probably April, yeah, probably April, and things were thrown. <laughs> I was not proud of what occurred, and you know, nobody was hurt. I you know, I just threw a tablet, but I locked myself in my bedroom and was hysterically crying. And I was on the phone with my friend at the time. And it scared the shit out of her so bad that she called my mom. And my my mom tried to call a couple times. She tried to call me back a couple times. And I wouldn't answer the door. Or I wouldn't answer the phone. My kids are beating on the door. Mom, mom, mom. You know. And so I finally answer for my mom. And she goes, what the hell's going on? What is going on with you? Talk to me right now you scared the shit out of Lindsay. She rang my phone and I told her, I just broke down. I'm like, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I am, I can't hold the world together. The world's falling apart right now. I have no freaking help. She lives nowhere near me. And Lindsay lived nowhere near me. My friend who I was on the phone with lived nowhere near me. And you know, no one was visiting anyway. Cause we were all, you know, locked down at this point. And I just broke. I lost it. I broke down. I couldn't hold it anymore. And so she virtually parented for me. I got calmed down. I thought everything was good. I, you know, I, I'm still not well, but I got most of that out of my system, right? And that wasn't the the first time I have ever had one of those. Like, that's what happens when you bottle shit and you don't deal with it. It comes out sideways, right? And it comes out all at once and it doesn't make a lot of sense, and it just kind of everything explodes, right? You become – and you, after at first you get reactive and then you get explosive. And after all those years of never dealing with a lot of stuff that happened that, I, like I said, I will unpack it another time, I was just an explosive human. And this was long before my husband ever went overseas. But at this juncture, it's like it could no longer be held. So, fast forward to what I like to call a catastrophic event in our marriage. Now, as I'm sure you can deduce if you've got even two brain cells to rub together in your head, someone who is that reactive, that explosive, that hard on the outside, and doesn't deal with a damn thing she's ever been through in her life probably doesn't have the best marriage. So things weren't great before he left. And there was a huge catastrophic event that happened. Also another podcast episode for another day. He and I are going to discuss it because we do feel like it's relevant to talk about. And now my whole damn world has just imploded around me. Okay? Just... Everything has just fallen the fuck apart. My marriage is done. I'm perceived, uh, perceiving I'm by myself. I'm alone. I don't, I'm a stay at home mom. I don't have my own money and and I'm about to have to go through a divorce. I I don't, I'm going to lose everything and I can't control what's happening right now. And the world is falling apart around me. I had made up my damn mind because, of course, this is one more thing I'm going to run from, right? You'd think at this point I would have taken a look at my life and figured shit out. But I have not. And I've got my shit together. I have made a plan. I have done called and rang everybody's phone. I have called my mama. I have called my dad. I have called my friends. I've told everybody I can tell that I'm the hell out of here and we're done this is over. I'm not doing this shit no more. We done, right? I'll even tell people at my church, which I am not proud of, okay? Like, and he knows all this. This is no tea, okay? He knows. And I was just prepared to pack my shit and get the hell out of here, right? And this went on for weeks, and I had had this plan, and everything was going to go down, and good old Lindsay in her fashion. (laughs) I call her, And I have been waffling for a little bit and she knew it because she knows me better than probably anyone else on the planet at this point. And she's, I just told her, I'm like, I can't, I just feel like I can't leave until I tell him everything I've ever wanted to say to him. I feel like there's so much that has never been said and things that have happened that we've never talked about. And I just, I feel like I can't hold one more ounce of this truth. I feel like I need to spill. I have to talk to him. I have to tell him. I don't care if it fixes it. I don't care if he hates me when I'm done, but I can't be quiet anymore. It's like my whole body is just aching to say what I really want to say. And that was the first time I had ever felt that feeling of like, it doesn't matter, burn the world, you have to say what you need to say. And I honest to God in that moment didn't care if it fixed anything or made it worse. I just couldn't hold it anymore. And so we had the conversation. At the end of it, I just felt so free and like a thousand pounds had been lifted off my chest and it wasn't because the conversation went well because it I mean it 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 went as well as it could have done for two people who are ready to sign divorce papers but it was because I finally for the first time in my life felt free enough to just say what the hell I wanted to say without giving a shit what anyone felt about it And that was it, man. Like, after that, I was just hooked. Like, I just couldn't hold the truth back anymore. And we had many more really truthful conversations. And I'm grateful for all of them. But there was one more, I think, even more important conversation that was had. And that was a few weeks after... Him and I decided that, you know, we weren't promising anything, but that I would at least stay until he came home. And we could, you know, figure out if this was possible for us to work through things. Um, I was invited down to my friend's, my friend Lindsay's house. And we went to the beach. I was there for like a week. And I get back home and... She calls me a few days after and she goes, you know, I I don't I don't know if you're going to hate me when I'm done with say done saying this or not, but I just have to tell you I don't think your problems have anything to do with what's going on in your marriage right now. I watched you every day wake up and be defeated before you ever even got out the bed you woke up every day defeated and just short and just you know angry and every little thing set you off and it's just i i don't think it has anything to do with your marriage falling apart i think it has to do with you i think it's you you have to figure out what makes you happy or you can have the best marriage in the whole world and the best circumstances and be by all your people and, and have everything you ever wanted and none of it's going to matter because you're miserable inside. And that shit like blew me open like nothing did. I thought that the truth that I spoke to my husband was powerful. That conversation completely broke me open. She was right on every fucking level. I had been miserable for years, years, and most of it had absolutely nothing to do with my husband, where we lived, whether we had family close, whether I had a support system, none of that shit mattered. It was me. I had lived at that point 30 years of a life. Never allowing myself to feel one single thing that ever happened to me. I couldn't feel the pain because it was too much. I couldn't feel the sadness because the emotions made me weak. I couldn't feel the joy because just around the corner from joy was the other shoe that was going to drop and bring the pain. I had lived a whole life like that. And when you live a whole life like that. And you never deal with a single damn thing, good, bad, or otherwise, that happens to you. it creates in you this low level anger and resentment, and you know what i'm gonna speak I'm gonna start speaking in eyes because use is not fair, maybe other people can live like that and not be a crotchety bitch, but I just couldn't okay. I was not a good person. I was not a happy person. I hated my life. I resented my husband and my kids. Every little thing pissed me off. Everything. The kids could spill something because they're kids. And I'd be like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, now I have to clean this, this mess. Little shit that shouldn't bother you because, I don't know, you're a parent and they're kids. Like, every little tiny thing that happened was a catastrophe in my eyes because I was so overloaded with years of undealt with shit that every tiny little inconvenience got stacked on top of that pile of bullshit and it made me explode and I had to start looking at that shit and really thinking like do I want to live the rest of my life like this? Or is it time to fucking start looking at some of this stuff and just deal with it? And so I did. <laughs> I just decided in that moment, like, I I won't keep doing this. I can't keep living like this. And so I called up therapists that we had seen when we were in marriage counseling. And I said you know, I think I'm ready to start dealing with some stuff in my childhood and stuff that I've been through, you know, as a teen and a young adult, I have a lot of trauma I need to process and I'm realizing this now. And I know that, you know, our marriage wasn't necessarily the entirety of the problem. A lot of it was issues I've not dealt with and we need to start working on that. And her response was, oh, thank God. (laughs) And you know, when your therapist says, oh, thank God that you're a little overdue for that conversation. Okay. Um, And I was, I was well overdue for that conversation, but she was so happy and couldn't wait to get me scheduled. And because we were in the middle of Corona at that time, she was doing telephone, um, telephone appointments. So I could pretty much schedule her anytime. And I did. And I talked to her weekly, every week, like clockwork. And we started working on this stuff. She recommended some books. She recommended I start journaling. And I will say that... If you've, you know, been around a little bit, you know, like my journal has been the biggest thing that has pushed me through and the things that I have been able to process through with my journal and with my therapist have completely changed how I see my world. And how I interact with my people. I went from being this angry, resentful, bitter bitch of a person to where I am today, which is more self aware than I have ever been in my entire life. I know that I have so much that I still need to unpack. But I can tell you from just six months of working on this stuff, it has made a world of difference. I used to be able to physically stop myself from crying. That's how much of a damn pro I was at not feeling things. I do mean physically cut my tears off before they ever started. I could feel it coming and cut it right the hell off. And it took work for me to teach myself how to let myself cry again. That's how deep this shit ran. I had to relearn how to physically cry. That is how emotionally shut down I was. And the more that I allowed myself to accept the fact that there was some very fucked up stuff that happened to me in a lifetime and that not crying about it and not feeling it was not a normal response to those things that happened was, like, mind-blowing to me, right? Like, my therapist told me one time, she's like, you don't think that your birth experiences weren't traumatic I had really rough births like really rough she's like you don't think that that stuff is traumatic you don't think that like I'm trying to remember what it was she said that I was like oh duh yeah I guess she's like think about it this way if you if your friend were to come to you and say the thing you just said to me to you wouldn't you go damn that's traumatic and i said do you want to know what sad no i probably wouldn't because i don't i don't have the emotional capacity to empathize with that or sympathize with that because i have literally shut it down and she was like okay so here's where we are like you need emotional vocabulary you don't even have it i said no i don't even have it i literally cannot relate because I've done such a damn good job at shutting it all down that I don't even know how to come up with some of these words anymore. Every emotion I had was just angry or frustrated or screaming or like there was no other emotions I had. And I could fake it, y'all. I was damn good at that. Like, I could fake it in public. You might not ever know how damaged I was or how screwed up I was in the head have you been in interaction with me and don't really know me very well. Like, I'm real good at hiding it, right? I'm a master of masks, right? I got that shit covered. I'm not proud of it, but it's the truth. But I had to relearn that it's okay to cry. I had to relearn that, like, Normal human emotion has a spectrum. It's not middle of the road and pissed off. Like, there's other emotions in there somewhere. And I know that that sounds horrific and probably makes me sound like a damn monster. But it's my truth. Like, it's just what I I lived. And through the experience of walking some of this stuff back very slowly and journaling through things and allowing these emotions to come up and sitting with them a minute. And if they made me cry, just allowing that to be okay. Learning how to sit with my own emotions was like step one, right? But that was so profound and life-changing for me like I literally look back at that person and while I have a world's worth of compassion for that version of me it doesn't feel like me anymore and that's great because that's the point right like the growth factor is the point I have such a compassion for her Because now I understand what made her. I understand how she got to the person she was. And I'm still working on a full forgiveness of myself for that. But the compassion is there now. I used to beat the hell out of myself mentally for the way that I was. I'm like, oh my God, how could I have done that? How could I have spoken to people that way how could I have been so emotionally unavailable for my kids for my husband you know like how how could I have done that what is wrong with me and and the more that I learn I can see now that like I literally was just doing all I knew how to do it was not what needed to be done but it was all I knew how to do and so like I said in the beginning of this episode when I tell more of my story and I unpack more of this stuff for you guys and we talk about some of those traumas I experienced, which I will, if there are other players in the story, first of all, I will only ever be telling my story and my experience. I will never be telling theirs. But I am doing so with now the ability to have the utmost compassion for their experience and what put them in the place to do or be a part of or whatever you want to say. I have compassion for it because I have compassion for myself now. And I'm so now able to see where people come from. Because I, I can relate and, and have compassion for myself. But you know what the shittiest part about being self-aware is? I'm still an emotionally damaged person, right? I have not become, my self-awareness does not take away the fact that I still have emotional healing to do. And while I can have compassion now in a, you know, logical sense for, and in a heart sense for these people who were a part of my story, who I've experienced trauma from I'm still wounded by this right and that will tie back to what I said earlier as well there are still wounds that I have to heal because remember people this shit I'm a very fast learner okay very fast I get on some shit and I'm like oh got it we're good let's let's go on to the next on to the next on to the next it's just how I work right I'm very fast so I learn about a thing I'm like let's put this shit into play journaling for example we'll take that that lady told me to journal. I said, you got it, sister. And I journaled my ass off, okay? I just ran straight into it. But <laughs> healing is messy, all right? It is. And just when you think you've scarred it over now, and you've healed that wound, and it's a scar, and it's a good and sturdy one, and it's an old scar, some shit might come up. You might find another layer. And then you've ripped that scar right back open. And now it's bleeding again. And now you have to retend to it. So even though I'm a fast learner. Even though I ran headfirst into the self-development and and self-awareness and and personal development and, and handling this trauma and trying to change my reality and shift my reality and view life in a different way so that I could move past the pain I was feeling and live the life that I wanted to live, it does not mean that I am better than anybody else or that I won't have to relive some of this shit As the years go on. Because healing is messy. It is not linear. Most times it is cyclical. Okay. You can get through one cycle. Of it. And then you get a little bit farther along. In your development. And in your emotional healing. And in your mental healing. And then you'll hit something else. And you're like oh crap. Now you realize. That there was a whole nother deeper layer that experience now has a tie that you did not previously see. And I'll give an example very quickly. I was in a very abusive relationship. Very. On every level. And I was sexually abused. Along with his favorite tool was um, emotional and mental abuse. And just recently, I realized how deep that relationship ran in my self-worth, okay? I have a lot of self-worth things that I'm now working through with wanting to start this business and wanting to start this podcast. And I've had a lot of battles of like, who am i to start this podcast who am i to to have something to say to share with people to to want to help people when i'm just little old nikki you know and that is a deep self-worth wound that has a tie in the fact that i was in a severely emotionally abusive relationship i was gaslit like crazy And it was a layer I wasn't prepared to meet when I met it. And it sent me on a little bit of a spiral. And I needed a little extra counseling during that time when I met that. But I would have never met that. I would have never seen that had I quit when the shit got hard. Had I stopped when the pain got too much. And that is another big lesson I have learned this year is that pain is temporary, y'all. And it is necessary. And if you are not, if you are comfortable, you are not growing. And I had to get real, real uncomfortable to come to a lot of these conclusions. If you think I'm comfortable saying this shit to you now, you're wrong. This is the most uncomfortable thing I will ever do in my entire life is tell people how fucking crazy I was for so many years. But the point of the damn matter is I have never, ever, ever in my life since started this, since starting this, been more clear on what it is I'm put on this earth to do. I was born in this time, in this place, this specific set of circumstances. I experienced the good, bad, and the ugly in my life so that one day I could come here Y'all could pick up your phones or go to my website and hear this shit and go, well, damn, if this crazy bitch turned her shit around, maybe I can too. Hope is not lost on me because if that person with that many scars and shit that ran that deep and she had herself so messed up by all the shit that happened in her life but she figured it out, maybe I can too. And I'm telling you, you can And I'm going to get emotional and I'm going to cry. But you know what? I definitely would be a liar if I said that I want to go through it all again just to end up back here. Because that's bullshit and I don't. (laughs) I would have much rather never experienced a damn awful thing that happened to me. But at the end of the day, I have the good, the bad, and the ugly to thank. Because that shit did not break me. I almost let it. But I'm here anyway there is a way out there is a better way if you are stuck in a shit environment in your head and you feel like the world is out to get your ass and you can't figure out why the hell life is so damn hard to just wake up every day and do I understand I have been there and I know how you feel but I am also now here talking to you from a place of healing and continued growth and healing. I am not fully healed, but I am much better now than I was six months ago. And I am a firm believer that you don't have to be that far ahead of somebody to be able to reach back and help them I actually think the farther ahead you are from somebody the harder it is to reach back and help them I like to use the analogy of climbing a mountain right I've never done this before because hello scared person scared heights and shit but I can imagine it (laughs) I've watched people do it right so um well actually let's use a rock wall That's that's a better analogy I'm on a rock wall, and I am now two-thirds of the way up the wall. You are one-third of the way up the wall. I already know what I had to do to get from the bottom of that wall to get two-thirds up. I know every place I had to put my hand and my foot. And because you're only one-third down, you're only halfway behind me, I can call back to you and say, hey, put your hand here, put your foot there, do this next, now this way, now that way. I can call back to you and show you what I did to get to where I'm at. And now your legs might be longer, your arms might be shorter. You might not be able to grab the same things I grabbed, but you have a general idea right? You have a general idea now how I made it up the wall. That's what I'm doing here. I am two thirds of the way up the rock wall, hollering back to you folks that are a third of the way up the rock wall and saying, try this, try that, grab here, put your foot there, find what works for you. But this is what I did. I'm here because I have some shit to say that's going to help people shift their reality and become the person they were always supposed to be. And I have the confidence to say that because I have done the work and I know what I did and I know how I did it and I know that how shitty of a state I was in prior to where I am today I made it out of that mindset. And I can help somebody do it too. I don't know who it's going to help. I don't care how many people it helps. I pray to God that every person who listens to this can take something away from it. Something of value from it. And be able to apply it to their life. Because otherwise what the hell am I doing here? But if I help one person on this planet. Find the next hand grip or foothold to just move a little farther up that rock wall and get a little closer to the person they are supposed to be. Then I have done my damn job and I can die happy at the end of the day because at the end of my life and at the end of the day, I can lay my head down at night knowing I did what I was put on this planet to do. As scary as it was, as hard as it was, as much as it's going to piss some folks off, that I am going to put my experiences Out into the world. I'm risking it all. Because I have never in my life been more clear about what my purpose is on this planet. And at the end of the day, I had a taste of what it feels like to stand in my truth and use this voice, this loud ass mouth God granted me with. For a purpose. And I'll be damned if I go out silent just to take some folks with me that were not meant to come with me anyway. I don't want to lose anybody over this, and it's not the damn plan. But I will not be silent. To spare somebody's feelings. I know the shit I've gone through in my life can help people. And while that's not all we're gonna talk about here, it's not all about me, it's not all about the shit I've been through. We're gonna have other conversations, we're gonna have wonderful stories of beautiful humans who have lived their truth or are living in their truth, speaking from their experiences that can also add to this, add value to this podcast, add value to your life. And also, this brain has a lot of thoughts. I got ADHD, y'all. I've got a lot of thoughts run through this head all day long. And I get a lot of divine downloads when I'm journaling. And I have been keeping notes. And I have been outlining things I'd like to say. And we're going to have a lot of tough conversations. There's going to be a lot of challenging things I'm going to bring that will make you think and challenge your perception a little bit. It's not all about my life, but there's a lot in my life that I have experienced that I know can help. And had I not gone through it, I couldn't help anybody. So that's where we're at, guys. This was not the episode I planned to record. (laughs) This was not how I planned on getting it recorded. I had a beautiful little outline and a whole day I had my kids out of the house. I had my husband doing, you know, I was good. I was set to go. And at the end of the day, I sat in front of that damn microphone and cried because I couldn't say a thing that was worth a damn. I was just spewing facts. And that is not what this podcast is about. that's all I have I am so grateful to every person who has had my back through this every one of you you know who you are and so much to Lindsay who had the balls to come to me and tell me what she said and tell me that I need to get my shit together in so many words and kicked my ass onto this journey that I have been on the last six months of my life because without that conversation you would not be hearing my voice and I would not be the the human that I am today I would not have done the work I've done I have not have been in the place I'm in and this podcast would not fucking exist so to the bitch that has been by my side since the ace fucking grade I love your ass and thank you so much because you pushed me right off the fucking cliff And told me, use those wings or die, bitch. And I used my wings and I would have never done it. I would have never jumped off that fucking cliff if you didn't push me. So thank you. And to every other person on the planet who has taken my calls and been by me in my worst fucking days and stuck around, Amanda, I know you're listening. (laughs) Even though you told me you're podcast illiterate. I know you're going to listen to this. You've been by my side through so much shit. And I want to thank you too. And because I'm already crying. I'm going to lose all your other OGs that I know are out there. And everyone that has ever supported me. I just want to say thank you so much. Because I have not been the easiest person in the world to be in relationship with. But I want everyone to know that shit is changing. And I am working. And I will die working on this person that I am. I am a work in progress forever and always. Always in healing. Always pursuing a deeper understanding of myself and others. That is my goal on this planet. So I pray that this was of value to you. I pray that you walk away from this podcast and every other episode that I put out with a little bit of fire under your ass and a little bit more knowledge in your tool belt. I love you all and I will see you next Monday. Thanks so much for listening, guys. If you loved what you heard today, leave me a rating and review. It's how the podcast grows and how others can find the show. For more behind the scenes, look at my life. Head on over to my Instagram at Nikki underscore T-M-Y-T. And for this episode's show notes, as well as all previous episodes, you can head over to tmytcast.com forward slash episodes. Again, thank you guys so much for listening and I will catch you next week.